Welcome, everyone. I'm Michael Morgan, host of the 2023 Alzheimer's World Summit. And it's my great honor to have Wendy Trubell uh, with me today. She's an MD, MBA, and IFM, a certified practitioner, and she's passionate about helping women optimize their health and lives as a functional medicine gynecologist. And through her struggles with mold and metal toxicity, celiac disease, and other health issues, she's developed a deep sense of compassion and expertise for what her patients are facing. And she's the, the co-founder of Dirty Girl, which is a, a co-author of Dirty Girl, Ditch the Toxins, Look Great, and Feel Freaking Amazing, and has been regularly uh, featured in Mind Body Green. Uh, Wendy, uh, such a pleasure and honor to have you here today. Welcome. Thank you, Michael. It's great to be here. Yeah, thank you. Um, I thought I'd start by, if you wouldn't mind sharing your story a little bit, especially <laughs> how you got drawn into this area of molds and toxicity and metal toxicity. I think you have a, a very interesting story of how you got led into this area. Sure. I'm happy to talk about anything that happens before this point, but let's just assume that I was born and we fast forward through 48 years of my life and, and I'll, I'll just hit the high points. Terrible genetics, multiple antibiotic courses as a child, irritable bowel, but I didn't know that that's what it was called. Diagnosis of celiac at 35, an introduction to functional medicine, and then 13 years of focus on health and untangling my gut and becoming a provider. Okay, I'm 48 years old. We go on the vacation of a lifetime. We take our whole family to France and London, and we spend a week in France, and then we go to London. And about a month after we came home, I gained nine pounds. My hair started falling out in droves, like droves, just handfuls. And I had a rash on my face that I could not get rid of. I already knew, I had done the test right before we went to France. I already knew that I had five strains of mycotoxins. These are the toxins that mold puts out when it's in your system. And it's neurotoxic. It messes with your skin, your weight, your brain function. It's a, it's one of the things we look at when we're looking at how to prevent Alzheimer's and dementia and cognitive decline. So I already knew about that. And I was starting to treat that and I'm really stumped. I'm like, why, what's going on here? And fast forward another three months. And I, and I read this report, I hear that when Notre Dame burned, it released 500 tons of lead dust into the environment, the atmosphere. And the closer you were to Notre Dame, the higher the lead exposure you got. And then, of course, the farther away you were, the less you got. That makes sense. It's like you're at the epicenter of the, of the issue. And guess what? I was in France the week after Notre Dame burned, and we spent a week right there. And I looked at my husband and I said, oh, my God, I got a lead exposure. We all get a lead exposure, but I'm the sick one. Mm -hmm. I'm the one who's really gone off the cliff having had this exposure. Think of it like when the cup is full and then that one more drop sends the liquid over the sides and it runs over. That was me after that lead exposure. Which is pretty amazing. If anyone remembers back then, the rafters of this ancient cathedral just burning. Yes. Hundreds of years old. And obviously they probably used lead paint way yep. back when, which mm -hmm. after they had done fairly recently. Yeah. And you were right in the blast pattern, yep. right? And it's almost as if you're experiencing, for those of us that are fans of radiation with some new movies coming out about that, it's almost like you're reporting someone that's had radiation exposure in this very oh, yeah. sudden, yeah. very dramatic meltdown of your system. Yep. So 
given that experience, uh, and this may be helpful for our viewers to help you, you know, for you to help us connect the dots. What's that connection, do you think, between that metal toxicity and what happened with your reaction to your immune system? Like, how did you discover and connect the dots? Like, what's really going on there on a right. metabolic I mean, level? I'm really fortunate that this is the field I work in. And so I have access. I didn't have to wait for a doctor's appointment. Now, mm -hmm. it's really hard to treat yourself. So I kind of floundered around. Mm -hmm. And I did a stool test while I was floundering. I did a stool test. I did an adrenal test. Of course, anyone who gains weight think that their thyroid is off. My thyroid was perfect. I mean, I can order this stuff on myself. So, mm -hmm. so really what started to happen was I, I know the mechanism that when you're exposed to things you can't get rid of, you store them in your fat. Mm -hmm. So if you're exposed to a lot of toxins, all of a sudden you're going to gain weight because you store it in the fat. And then simultaneously, that's very stressful on the adrenals. The adrenals will signal like, oh, geez, danger's coming. Hold on to your calories. So that's another mechanism by which you gain weight. And I know that and knew that toxins were could cause things like uh, rashes and hair loss and weight gain and brain fog and fatigue and knew all that at a, at a kind of cerebral level, 10,000 foot mm -hmm. level, I knew. But then when I experienced it, right, I had brain fog and I'm like, what is going on here? Yeah. But- I knew something was wrong, right? I knew something was wrong. I, I was clear that it was sort of like flicking a switch. I was, while I was upset at the level of lead exposure, I was very grateful that it was so overnight kind of, because I could clearly see that something was happening. It wasn't like a slow decline where after three years, I'm like, what's happening? It was really over the course of 30 days, this all happened. It was very wow. dramatic. And it is. And then it's interesting. It's almost as if the body was trying to protect itself by yes. storing fat. In a way, it was protective, like our inner wisdom does. But obviously, that has some downside to you as well. Right? <laughs> my ego took a hit. And, oh, yeah. my, you know, but it is protective because instead of, so it, you'll, lead and mercury will spend about, 30 to 45 days in your bloodstream, and then your body will do what's called sequester it or store it. And lead gets stored in your, your bones. So anyone who has a diagnosis of osteoporosis or osteopenia or early bone loss or low bone consistency should pay attention to that. It's also huh. stored in your fat and your organs. And when you think of fat, you should think of your brain because your brain is largely fat and it gets stored there. That's amazing. So how does one delicately coax that toxicity out of all those fat cells that have been gained very yeah. quickly? Is there a way to kind of like tell the body it's okay maybe to release it? Like what's the mechanism yeah. you found for that? Yeah, there's a lot of layers to this, Michael. So it's very tempting. So I was very fortunate because I had spent 13 years since the diagnosis of celiac, I had spent 13 years working on my gut, improving my microbiome, working on, you know, that eat poop mechanism where every time you eat, you're supposed to poop. So I had spent a lot of years working on improving my gut, solving my gut, making my gut an, an invisible part of my system. So when you look at these issues with toxins, which are a critical pathway for preventing degenerative disease and neurotoxic disease and Alzheimer's, you need to optimize the what I'll call the foundations of your health. So are you eating properly? Are you sleeping? Is your gut functional? Are your adrenals relatively cared for? 
Do you drink a lot of alcohol or not? Are you eating processed food? Do you move your body? These are the foundational issues. And then you get to what I call the fun stuff, which is the top of the pyramid, which is diagnosis for toxins. And, and before you say to me, oh, I want to treat my toxins, we have to understand what are we treating? You know, my patient said to me the other day, why am I doing this mycotoxins test? You already told me that you have something that binds all the strains of mycotoxins. So I don't really even have to specifically take a treatment any longer. I have to just take one treatment and it's good for everything. So why are you testing? And I said, well, I, I want to know what I'm testing and treating. A, right. B, I want to understand if it's impactful. And C, I want to understand if you ever get any new exposures in our testing, we're going to pick that up. Sure. And so it's very important to get good data at the outset so that you understand what's the what's the biggest dumpster fire we need to work on here. A. B, where are we going to focus our attention and finances and energy? Where do we go? Right. So get get good data would be the first step. So um I know this is probably a simple question, but why are toxins such a problem then? It's because of all these yeah. downstream effects. Well, let's start even upstream. So 500 years ago, the biggest toxins you got exposed to were probably lye and uh, fires, you know, the ash from a fire, because uh. you didn't have a lot, there was not a lot of industry. Mm-hmm. There weren't plastics, there, there, there weren't any of these things. So fast forward 500 years, and in that 500 year span, or even a hundred year span, we've now developed hundreds of thousands of toxins, and most of them have not been evaluated for safety. So in the United States, the the general guideline is unless something is overtly toxic, you don't really need to think about it. You don't need to test it unless it's clearly toxic. And there's, you know, it's like splitting hairs. So that's one layer. And then the next is the sheer number of toxins we are exposed to on an everyday basis from water quality, air quality, the food we're putting in our mouths, the alcohol we're drinking, the single-use plastic water bottles we're drinking from, the products we're using on our skin that our skin absorbs, the phthalates, the plastics, the various contaminants from being produced in God knows where and not regulated, or the plastic that we're sitting on, or the mold in our home, or the old home we live in or did construction on. It's really an endless list. And if we were getting exposed to one of these, it would be enough, but we're getting in any given day, 150 to 400 chemical exposures, depending on if you drive in your new car, that's 300 chemical exposures right there, that new car smell. So huh. we're we're just death by a thousand cuts and maybe each of them isn't too big to cause too much dysfunction. But when you layer them onto all of the other things that you were exposed to, the liver cannot keep up. The skin cannot keep up. The gut can't keep up. So it's as if somebody could live in a cocoon and be protected, yeah. that would be fine. Yes. If but we, were we all are, I was, well, I was talking to our GMO expert, Jeffrey Smith, the other day, all about GMOs yeah. and the food. So I guess there's there's two branches to this question. One is that if somebody hasn't been exposed to toxins that we know of, how can they protect themselves so their immune system and their physiology is more robust in the first place, if that makes sense? Yeah, I think you I think 
the only issue I would take with your question is that if you live on this earth, you need to assume that you're getting large number and broad exposures. You can't okay. say, oh, you know, look, I mean, Michael, I was the poster child for healthy living. We've been eating organic. <laughs> yeah. My oldest is 19 and we started eating organic when I was pregnant with my 19 year old because we re- we recognize that we don't want to pass that to the next generation. So we eat organic. My husband was cuckoo when we built our house about no VOC paint and no VOC stains. There are a ton of ways in which we could level up on our construction that we did 20 years ago, but it was even then people were looked at us funny, like, what? You, you uh-huh. want to do what? And I exercise and I move my body and this is the field I'm in. So I work on myself. Like really, I'm the poster child for healthy living and I yeah. hit the skids. So if, and that's why we wrote the book because- mm-hmm given that this is the way I live and, and it was so negatively impactful for me, all of these exposures, we wanted to get the word out. Like if you live on this earth, you're being exposed. So when you talk about the question, if someone who's not being exposed and they want to preserve it, it's really, you are being exposed. How do you optimize your excretion and how do you optimize your body so that you don't overflow your rain barrel? You know, essentially yeah. turn on the on the empty spigot so you can drain it out of you. Right. So so you gotta know what you're treating. Right. And then the most important takeaway is that this is a systematic approach. This is not something that you're gonna do on a Monday and and finish on a Wednesday. This is a this is a lifelong endeavor to vote with your feet clean up the products, eat healthfully, live healthfully, and then work with someone to diagnose what's the levels and then clean it out, clean it out of your body and test regularly to see what, you know, I went into a house recently. I got three feet, five feet into the house. And I went, there's mold here. This is a moldy house, Mm -hmm. but I just driven two hours to see the house. So I went in, I used the bathroom. And then by the time I was done peeing, I was like, I got to get out of this house. Yeah. So you get exposures, you know, one in every two buildings has had a water damage. So you can get mold exposure just like that going into a new building. Absolutely. So uh, not to put it like, how do you optimize your excretion, but what are some things you can do to get rid of, yeah. of these kind of toxic exposures? Yeah. So, so think of it like we're first doing everything we can to minimize what we're filling up our pump with. Right. So that that's where you clean up your food, your water, minimize your alcohol, clean up your beauty products, filter your air and water. You know, I think vegan leather's great because no cow was harmed, but vegan leather's plastic. So mm-hmm. try not to buy new furniture too often. And if you do, don't don't buy furniture that has flame retardants in it because that's super toxic for you. So assume that you've done everything you can to not fill yourself up with toxins, and then we want to pull out what's there. So There's a lot of things you can do, starting with organic food, minimally processed food, because when your body gets what it needs, it makes it easier to start the excretion process. The liver needs cruciferous vegetables. It needs all of those, uh, what we think of as Asian and East Indian spices, the the turmeric, the curcumin, garlic, all of these are, are spices and flavors that improve liver function. So getting a broad range of foods, fruits, vegetables, flavors, spices, a huge range of foods, that's one thing that optimizes the system. Manage your stress. You know, you can be a stress ball. You're going to shut down detox. So take time to, to 
get centered, take time to de-stress, let it go. Make sure you sleep. When you sleep, the cells in your body get smaller, and that means the spaces in between them get larger. And so you provide a lovely big highway for these toxins to drain out of. And most Americans are chronically underslept. You know, we're, we're proud of that we spent, you know, we can get by on five hours of sleep, but really five hours of sleep is five hours in bed. Most people are caught talking about how long they spend in bed, not how long they spend asleep. And right. most people need about eight hours of actual sleep, not time in bed, actual sleep. Right. right? So get enough rest, get enough sleep, and make sure that you poop at least once a day, if not multiple times. It's called the oroanal reflex that I referred to earlier in this talk, which is every time you eat, you should poop. It's what the babies do, right? You see right. these people who feed the baby and then like, oh, the baby pooped, right? In the middle of nursing, the baby poops because it's called the oroanal reflex. We're yeah. actually designed to do that. So make sure that your gut is functional. If you're taking hormones that they're processing properly, that you support your liver and your gut at getting those hormones out of you so you don't recycle them because they can be toxic for us. And, it's, and make sure you sweat. That's either with exercise or with sauna, Epsom salt, soaks, dry brushing, anything that opens up the pores and gets you sweating. Sweat. It's good for you. It's interesting that, you know, in working as a cranial therapist on babies, I say one of my my nuclear warhead secrets is I get the babies to poop, you know, because if you don't poop, if you're young, very young or very old, yeah, things aren't happy, they don't move through your system. Yeah. And I find it's interesting that one little distinction about when you sleep, your cells get smaller, there's more intracellular communication for things to clear out. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the cerebral spinal fluid, it's actually, actually enlivened during sleep, if it's really yes. deep recuperative sleep, yes, which sometimes the cranial will help with as well. But it's interesting that the, the checklist that you just went through are almost all the things we recommend for people to protect them from Alzheimer's dementia and even clear those out. Yeah. So they're kind of like going hand in hand with what you found. Well, really, the, the ways to lead a long, healthy life are, are generalizable across communities and groups. And, and so it's very difficult to lead a long, healthy life if your gut is dysfunctional or you're mm -hmm. storing toxins in your fat or your adrenals are extremely challenged. You're not going to lead the kind of life you want to lead. And so when you think about Alzheimer's, that you want to maximize the mineral, general mineral nutrient status system function, make sure that the endocrine system is functional, including the thyroid and uh, hormones, make sure there's no Lyme infections or other infections that are leading to dysfunction, and then pull off as many toxins as you can. All of these play together very gracefully because they all ultimately lead to greater health, whether it's Alzheimer's dementia or cardiovascular metabolic disease or diabetes, it's all, it, it all works for the same, it, all of the same interventions work for all of the issues. Well, and I'm curious on that note, have you worked with patients that have had memory or cognitive problems? I have, yeah. And have you noticed any results in people applying what you've done? Yeah, I have. And it really is very interesting because when the person themselves has any type of 
cognitive dysfunction or challenge, they need the support of their family or friends or chosen community because no, no person is an island. And in this type of scenario, the people who are successful are the ones who are able to implement the eating program, the supplements, the movement, the stress management, the sleep, ensure the gut is optimized. But the people who don't do as well are the ones who either can't tolerate the eating plan, don't have support, or just feel like, well, I don't know that I can, or feel hopeless, right? And, and, And don't put the work in. And that bridges in one other area that we speak about to some degree in the summit, and that's the importance of community support and caregivers. Yeah. So what kind of conversations have you had? Just so people know, this kind of is a through line that runs through uh, our speakers. How do you approach if someone is not just an island and they do have that community support, what does that look like in terms of your conversations with family and loved ones or caregivers? What is that like? Do they get involved in this as well? They absolutely do. And I typically request that caregivers or family member, whoever's the, you know, everyone has their person, right? So whoever that person is, who's going to take the lead, I do typically request that they're in the conversation because especially if one has any type of cognitive impairment, it's really hard to be in the appointment yeah. and capture the, it's, 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 it's almost like inertia takes over because the same issue that causes the brain dysfunction makes it very difficult to do something about it yeah. because your brain's not working properly. So, right. so I do typically request that the caregiver person, whatever that, that person is, whoever they are, mm-hmm. that they be in the visits. And I do tend to, to talk about, you know, when you look at this human who's starting to fail, you have a decision tree. You can go down the failure route, meaning don't change anything, just keep going. And they're going to, you know, do you do more of the same? You're going to get more of the same. And that's one option. And it's, and if you're not able to take this on, you can choose that. And I would not be, I would feel sad, but I'm not going to yell at you. I'm not, I'm not your parent. I'm your, I'm here to support you. Or we can work on how do we reverse this? How do we improve your cognitive function? And that would be by systematically improving the way you eat, sleep, poop, move, feel, pray, your hormones, essentially your whole life makeover. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and unfortunately, Michael, the saddest part is that often people will come when it's sort of too late. You know, it's, right. very, it's like neurolog nerves, you know, they're very hard right. to regrow once you've lost them. So it's really important to start this at early stages as opposed to late stages. And thank you for bringing that up. It's just what we say about Alzheimer's that someone's in the early to mid stage which is often even later than they think. Yes. The earlier you can catch it, the better, right? Yeah. By the time you have, I mean, by the time you have a diagnosis, you have a diagnosis, right? Like right. You're, you're already, you're already halfway down the road. So yeah. it's, it's, but it, but that's not human nature. So human humans react. And so if you're human, you're probably going to wait until you get something wrong and I will say, if you have any type of cardiovascular disease or metabolic disease, pre-diabetes, type two diabetes, you already have something wrong. And put in the context of prevention of Alzheimer's and dementia and other degenerative diseases, when you get those diagnosis or an autoimmune diagnosis, it's it's already essentially the the fire alarm has gone off if you recognize the signs. 
And one thing I think is exciting to kind of look at the positive of it is that not only are you helping individuals that have an affliction or challenge, but the whole family mm-hmm. has the possibility for them, the whole yeah. family unit to be healthy, which is quite something to involve like more community in that as well. Yeah. Yeah. So 100%. thanks for, for sharing that. Um, we're going to have on our website information about you and your book, but while we're talking with you, what's what's a good way for people to find out more about what you're doing also? Yes, thank you. So we, we have two ways that people can interact with us. We have a brick and mortar in Massachusetts. So if you're in the Northeast or if you feel like visiting the Northeast, that's a medical practice where we take insurance. It's a membership practice. And so if you're really committed to working on Alzheimer's, then that's one avenue to walk down. And then if you live farther, it's not accessible. You want to be involved. You want to get, you want to start this process, but you're not ready to become part of the practice. We have an online brand that's called dirtygirldetox.com. And and through that, you can do toxins testing, have a consultation with our health coach, take supplements, be in a program. You can get started on things that will improve your health that are like I said, ubiquitous, right? Like everybody improves from improving how they eat, move, sleep, think, all of it. So, so we do all of that through the online brand called Dirty Girl Detox, and the the bricks and mortar is called FiveJourneys.com. Excellent. Um, what an honor to have you here today, Wendy. So, thank you so much for being part of the Alzheimer's World Summit. Thanks for having me on, Michael. I hope this makes a difference for people. Thank you.